0: Not only to the parents, but the grandparents as well. And everyone else is coming to celebrate with us. Kids are amazing and awesome. And so love the fact that we get to pray and dedicate these kids to the Lord. And so excited to see how these kids grow up. And actually, I know we don't have a lot of time, but I'm going to steal some of our own time here for a moment. Kristu, let me says for those who don't know, just reminding us that God has plans and purposes with every one of our lives, big or small, and God is going to continue to use both of these kids in, in beautiful ways.
1: Good morning, so my name is Christo, obviously. Okay, so um, when uh, we had our first boy, Charlie, everything just went smooth, natural birth, water birth, at a house, at a, a midwife, everything went smooth, we didn't have any issues, so with number two, my wife decided she wanted to do a caesarean section, which we did then, and then there were a whole bunch of like complications, and we were quite worried. The doctors were telling us stuff like brain damage, and shortness of breath, and oxygen to the brain, and all kinds of heart-wrenching stuff, and uh, um, yeah, it was about a, a two-day prayer session with, uh, con- well, with the elders and everybody that we knew, and um, yeah, there's Kyle now, he's, uh, he's a bright young boy, nothing wrong, hands and feet are all working, and uh, yeah, we are just very ecstatic to have him such a, a healthy young man. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Christo. God is so faithful, and when he hears stories kind of, of doctors talk, starting to talk about oxygen deprivation and brain damage, his parents obviously it breaks our hearts, but we can call on our Father who art in heaven, and he hears our prayers, and he changes things, and there's something so beautiful about doctors having to come back and say, I was wrong except that we choose to believe the doctor wasn't wrong, the facts have just changed. That the initial scans, there wasn't something wrong on the scan. What they saw initially, it's not that it wasn't there. It's just that it's changed because we serve a God who heals and who changes things. And we love that we can pray and we can enter into that. I'm not going to be very long this morning. I want us just to spend some time in a, a passage that perhaps... We have read often, especially maybe the first couple of verses of 1 Corinthians. And I'm wanting us to just read this at the background of where we are at on our calendars. Today, I think, is the 18th, yes, the 18th of December in the year 2022. This year has come to its end. Next week, it's Christmas. The next year, it is 2023. And every time I say numbers like that, I kind of it just pops into my mind, so I say it aloud as well. We're living in a sci-fi movie. Most of the movies that were sci-fi movies when I was a kid happened before 2023. We hope beyond that. We're living in a we're living in the future, in a sense. And as time is running forward and as we're moving into 2023, our calendar has been set up and been built in such a way. And I thought it was like this for the whole world, but. Then I started working with a number of Americans, and I I realized that America doesn't shut down over December. It's not every country that does, but South Africa very much shuts down over December. And we have this built into our rhythm for us to, at the end of each calendar year, to slow down, to process, to think back. I know many of us, we've gone through some stuff this year, some glorious stuff, even as Yoha was sharing of her daughter being born. Some of us have moved city. Some of us have moved towns and moved communities. We've moved jobs. We're in different spaces. Some of us have had really great things and some of us have had challenging things. Some of us have had deaths of loved ones. And as we look back over the year, there's such a, a healthy rhythm for us just to slow down And to look back. It's also instructive, I think, for us. And I don't have time to sort of go into the whole theology of Sabbath. But as one looks at Sabbath, there are two important questions that we should continually ask ourselves. The first one is, if you think of Sabbath, God created the heavens and the earth. And then on the seventh day, He rested. And one of the most important questions someone ever asked me about that was, was God tired? after six days of creating the heaven and the earth, did God rest because He was tired? And I think the answer to that would be no. That Sabbath rest, God rest, inspired rest, isn't based on because we are tired or because we are not tired. We don't work to the point of being tired and then we rest. That perhaps a healthier way to view it is that if we see that, kind of in the Sabbath typically would be the first day of the week for us as Christians. Sunday being the first day of the week, our rest day. But even in the the Greek, not the Greek, sorry, the Jewish way of thinking of the day, we think of the day, the day starts when we wake up. And it ends, in a sense, when we go to bed. In a Jewish worldview, the day starts when the sun sets the night before. And so we have evening and we have morning, and that was the day. We think morning and evening as the day. And one of the important differences that, that holds before us is that rest comes before work. We start with rest. We don't end with rest. We don't rest because we are tired. We rest to prepare. I love the English word recreation, but in English we have this word recreation which speaks about recreating. And time of recreation, time of rest should be times of recreation, there should be times of inspiration, there should be times in which we find energy and strength and ideas and hope and we go from a time of rest, we don't work towards rest. Scripture says that we must be diligent to enter into rest. And So with all of that, just as a little bit of background, I want us to read 1 Corinthians. And it's Paul writing to the church in Corinth, and he's bringing some instruction, correction. In the first chapter, he's obviously just introduced himself. He said, hey guys, I hear there's some stuff happening in your church that probably shouldn't be happening in your church. I saw a meme the other day, and it said, if Paul saw the church in America... And I guess it goes to the church in South Africa as well. We'd be getting a letter. <laughs> and so Paul writes this letter, the book, the letter of Corinthians is largely a letter of correction. Yes, it's a letter of, of instruction, of inspiration, of encouragement, but there's a lot of correction that happens. And he starts by saying, hey guys, I see that there's division. There's a Paul camp and an Apollos camp. This is not right. Let's all come together. Let's be of the same mind. Let's be of the same heart. And... Sort of he brings introduction and then he heads into chapter 2 where, and just as an aside, I think it helps us to remember that when Paul wrote the letter to Corinthians, he didn't stop every now and again to put a little number and then sort of a chapter number and then every kind of couple of sentences put a little superscript with a verse number. Scholars and academics added those later just for us for ease of reference but sometimes it's important to read without those numbers. Those numbers do often fall sort of on logical breaks, etc. But it's a good reminder to remember that this is a letter that was written to a group of people for them to read, but also for us to read. And so Paul writes and he says to them, When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. And I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. And we quote this often, we read this often, this is such an important passage. And what Paul is saying here is, when I first brought the message of Christ to you, it wasn't about the cleverness of the words, it wasn't about the understanding. I came bringing a message and my sole purpose was for you to have an understanding that God is real. Sort of the word the, the word for word translations would say here, that your faith would be in God and not in man. For those of us perhaps who are planning or becoming preachers one day, growing in preaching, that is such an important goal for us to have. We should say that every time when i have done speaking, people should have had their faith expanded. Their faith not just challenged to kind of be difficult, but challenged to grow. And so we should do this so people may grow in faith, put their trust in God. And often we read that, and and often we sort of put the full stop there, and we think that all preaching should only be about the demonstration of the power of the Spirit. It should be that too. And I love Christo's story about a demonstration of the power of the Spirit. as God came and He touched that child, and He healed Kyle in the hospital there. You can believe this one of two ways. Either the doctors were all wrong and the scans were just erroneous scans, or the doctors were right and the scans were correct, but God healed I choose to believe the latter. God healed. God touched. God made whole. That's what He does. And we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that He is still here with us today. And if you're sick in your body today, we would love to pray with you at the end of the service because we believe in a God who heals. And so often we we put the full stop there and we think that that's all that preaching should entail. And we miss that. That's only the first bit of the message that Paul is writing here to them. He says, when I came to you at first, I didn't come with great explanations of spiritual truths, of wisdom. I didn't bring a whole bunch of understanding. I just wanted you guys to leave you with the knowledge that God is alive. And then verse 5, he carries on and he says, Yet, when I am among mature believers... Perhaps some of us that are sitting here today, we would consider ourselves mature believers. Then Paul says, I do speak with words of wisdom. Not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden, even though He made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. And that is why the script, sorry, that is what the Scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, nor ear heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. And here, once again, a passage that maybe we've read often. We've probably even sang songs around this idea. But within this context of Paul saying, When I first came to you in the people of Corinth, you had no re- revelation of Christ. You had no understanding of who He was. And when I first came, I just brought a demonstration of the realness of God because I wanted your power, your faith to be in the power of God. But as you're growing in Christ, what's important is we must bring understanding. We must bring wisdom. We must share the wisdom, the mystery that's tied up in Scripture so that we can continue to grow in our faith. It's not the wisdom that we read in human books and in secular academia. It's not the wisdom that the kings of this world understand. It's not the stuff that we read in all sorts of academics, as though there might be elements of it because there's truth in the world and truth is born in Scripture. And so if we embrace the truth of Scripture, there will be truths that other parts of the world demonstrate as well in there. He says it's not the truth of the world, but it's the truth that is found in this mystery. As he says here, the secret plan of God. God's ways, God, the things that God had put in place before you and I were on the scene. That's the mystery of God. He says, I come to bring an understanding of what it is that God is doing. So I want you to grow in wisdom. I want you to grow in understanding. When I am among mature believers, he says, I do speak with words of wisdom. There is a time and a place for us to speak and to grow in in those words of wisdom. He says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. And there, once again, for most of us, we put the full stop. Most of us, we read that and we think, wow, God has all of these amazing things planned for us. And He's speaking here to our physical faculties. My, my, what does He start with? My eye hasn't seen. My ear has not heard. My mind, my cognitive ability hasn't received that, that God has prepared. It goes beyond these natural faculties. And most of us, we put the full stop there. Paul fortunately doesn't. He carries on in what he's saying to these people in Corinth. And he says to them, but it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. So what he is saying is our minds haven't seen them, our eyes haven't seen them, our ears haven't heard them, our minds haven't imagined them. These aren't things that we have perceived in the natural, but yet God has still shown them to us. These things that God has prepared for us, He has and He wants to show to us. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit. So we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. I want to leave this largely with us this morning. As I said, I'm not going to be very long. I'm not going to spend too much time expanding on this. I just want to leave this very simple truth with you this morning. That there is a way for you and me to engage with heaven's revelatory realm. With the truth, the secrets that have been locked up in heaven concerning you and concerning me. God wants to reveal them to us. But He does not reveal them to us in the books we read. He doesn't reveal them to us in the TV shows we watch. He doesn't reveal them to us by us just sitting and dreaming we're on the beach. He reveals them to us by His Spirit. Through engaging in the Spirit, through spending time in prayer, through spending time in the Word, through spending time in worship, through spending time in His presence, something about God's plan and God's purpose gets revealed to us. Our minds don't understand it. Our eyes can't see it. Our ears can't hear it. But our spirits can. And So as we go into 2023, as most of us go into these next two weeks, I know there are some of us that have to work all the way through, and I understand your time of rest will come later. But for the largest part, most of us are at least slowing down, if not taking a full break. Most of us over the next two weeks is a time for family, a time for friends, a time for sleeping a little bit later than normal, a time perhaps for digging into our hobbies, a time for being around the people we love, a time for recreating, for recreation, a time of rest. And I want to encourage you, let's also trust the Holy Spirit to use it as a time of preparation. Not as a time of preparation in the sense of we're working hard, but a time that as we enter into the Lord's presence, as we spend time in the Word, have an expectation in our hearts to say, God, these good things that you have prepared, this plan that you have made, the things that you put in place long before I was on this earth. Lord, as I look at Kyle's life, as I look at the lives of these beautiful two children today that were dedicated, God, you have plans for them. And guess what, Lord? You can reveal them to us by your Spirit. And so as we head into 2023, God, we want to come with question marks. We want to come with open pieces of paper, with open spirits. We want to come and sit at your feet and say, Lord, show us these things that you have planned. You see, faith is something that we so often misunderstand. We think of Abraham as the father of faith. The Bible calls him sort of the patriarch, the father, the the instigator, in a sense, of so much of our faith. He's this example of faith. And we ask ourselves, what is it that made Abraham this great person of faith? Was it because Abraham was sitting in his tent and he had all of these great plans mapped out about how his descendants would take over the world? Was it because he had all of this incredible idea and this vision and this plan? And was it because he was able kind of to get this great idea, put it together, package it, bring it to God and say, God, would you breathe on this? See, that's not what Abraham did. Abraham was just an old guy, minding his business, living in his tent, doing what everybody else does. Until one day when God showed up at his front door. God knocked on the door of his tent, if there's something like that. I don't know, pulled out his tent peg, got his attention somehow. And Abraham came out and realized here was a God moment. And then what happened is God proceeded to give him promises. God began to reveal His secret plan to him. Abram, I will make you the father of many nations. As a matter of fact, I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham, indicating the point of this promise that I'm making to you. But I don't even have any kids. I know you don't have any kids. I know you're too old for kids. Don't worry about it. I got this. And what is it that Abraham did that made him the father of our faith? Abraham believed. Abraham simply had it inside of him that if God has said this, God will do this. You see, that's what faith is. Too often we think faith is, oh, if I can just faith more for my new BMW or my new Audi or my new solar panel or my new, what is it that we need in South Africa today? My new inverter. You know, If I was faith enough, you know, my electricity is going to go on, they're going to skip. See, I think that's a complete misunderstanding of faith. Faith never starts with me. Faith always starts with God. Faith starts by what God has said. And then believing that if God has said it, God will do it. So as we head into 2023, I would love for us to be a people of faith heading into 2023 having dreams and visions and purpose written all over our heart, just sort of as a glimpse, I began speaking to some of our core leaders and praying about it. I I really sense that in sort of 2023, God is going to call us back to two things, call us to step into His love and then to step into our purpose, step into the fact that God has called us to be a disciple-making church. The church reaching people. This year, we haven't reached very many people, if we're totally honest with ourselves. God has added some incredible people to our family, but it's not because we necessarily were actively out looking for them. But I sense God is going to begin to just release that upon us again. Just having come through two years of turmoil, of COVID and all of those things, and desert, and you know all of those pictures one can draw finding a home and just being able to settle here for a year and just find our feet again and reestablish ourselves. I sense next year God is going to release us to a place again where we can begin to invest into the lives of the people around us in ways that we didn't even know was possible. Where you are going to become a disciple maker in ways that you did not know was possible. Where God's going to release things hidden and unlocked in your heart. He's going to unlock them for the lives of those around you. But all of that has to start with us receiving something from God. He said it has to start with God bringing a dream, God bringing a hope, God bringing a purpose, God's worth being released over our lives. So I want to encourage you, perhaps even plead with you, in these next three weeks, let's make time to allow God to do that. You see, if we're going to take out these next two weeks and make them so full of Netflix and turkey and just busyness and just keeping ourselves so busy with all of the people and all of the things of this world and these books that have been heaping up on your desk, you know, maybe you like me that kind of, I've just banned myself from working, walking into bookshops. It's just easier that way. Because I buy the book and then I never read it. And then the books pile up. I want to read it. I just don't get around to it. And now I'm going to read those books. And If you're going to fill ourselves, they're not bad, any of those things. All of those things are good in and of themselves. We need to carve time out in our schedule for the next two weeks to allow God to recreate. To allow God to instill vision and plan and hopes and dreams. To allow this little middle bit 1 Corinthians chapter 2, to find place in our lives. But it was to us that God revealed these things. Just to sit at His feet, just to worship. Just to say, God, what are your secrets for 2023 that you want to tell me, Lord? What is your plan? What is it? You know, they always write in the old books and the old movies, it was written in the stars. God, what is it that you have written in the stars for 2023? What is it, God, that you have planned, that you have laid before me for, for my life, but for my family, and for the people around me, for our church? God, how can we step into 2023 with faith? What is it, God, that I can hold on to as promises for the years to come? No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. Just above that, His spirit searches out everything And shows us God's deep secrets. And we have received God's Spirit. So we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Perhaps you here this morning, maybe you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit. You haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See, one of the reasons why it's so important for us to engage in the fullness of God is I can just so testify with this. I can relate to what you you have said. For 18 years of my life, I went to church almost every Sunday. I had to. My mom was in charge of Sunday school. You've got to be there. She knows when you're bunking. And yet there was something missing. And it happened in that moment when I allowed the Holy Spirit to come into my life where I realized that Jesus, as you have said, was more than somebody distant or far, but somebody who wanted to be in and part of my everyday life. And with Him, His Holy Spirit who would come and lead and guide me. And I allowed myself open to the truth of the Spirit. What began to happen is I began to see what God sees through God's eyes because His Spirit revealed His secrets to me. Perhaps you're here this morning and you've never had that experience of receiving the Holy Spirit. We would love to pray with you to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. As we head into 2023, let's allow the Holy Spirit to show us God's plan for what He has in store for us. When we tell you these things, we do not, this is verse 13, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Holy Spirit using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. People who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others, for who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach Him? But we Understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. If you are in Christ, then you are able to see, to understand, to experience as God experiences and understands. We're able to enter into that dynamic. And so I want to hold that before us as an invitation. We can go into 2023 as if it's just another year. And in the same way that we perhaps have gone into 2022 and 2021 and 2020 and 2019 and 2018 and 2017. Or we can go in with faith. We can go in with hope. We can go in with expectation. We can go in with purpose. We can go in knowing God for this year, you have a plan. And I'm going to hold on to your plan. I'm going to work towards your plan. I'm going to allow faith to stir in my heart, Lord, not for my good ideas for 2023, God, but for your plan. Let faith stir in our hearts. Let's go into 2023 with hope and with faith written all over us. Because we've allowed the Holy Spirit to reveal God's plans to us for that year. Can we stand together? I'd love to pray for us. I'd love to pray for you, Jesus. Thank you that you are so phenomenally good, Lord. That not only do you love us more than we can ever imagine, Lord, but you are for us, Lord, and you have plans prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, God plans which are mysteries to the world that eyes cannot see and ears cannot hear. Even our deepest dreams cannot imagine them, Lord. But your Spirit can reveal them to us. And so we bring ourselves before you again, Lord, and we ask Holy Spirit, reveal your truths to us. Speak to us, Lord. God, I pray for every single person in this room, everyone watching on the live stream and listening to the audio, God. That as we head into 2023, we will head in filled with faith because we have heard your voice, because we have seen your plan, because you have revealed your secrets to us, Lord God. God, I pray for those of us who have grown distant from your Spirit that even in these next few weeks, we would grow near again, Lord. Lord, that we would again pray in the Spirit, worship in the spirit, Lord. We would read even in the spirit, Lord. We would allow spiritual truths to be revealed to our spirit, God, because we want to know your ways, Jesus. We understand, God, that we are here, Lord Jesus, to tie into your plan, into your ways, not the other way around, Lord. So we want to see 2023, God, as years of faith. 2023 will be a faith-filled year. That as we look back on 2022, Lord, we can just testify of so much of your goodness and your faithfulness, Lord, that you have indeed carried us and brought us this far. But in 2023, Lord, we would see your kingdom come your will be done we would hold on to your promises lord we would follow in the footsteps of abraham who believed you and it was counted to him as righteousness god come and show us great and glorious things that eyes cannot see and ears cannot hear and minds cannot imagine but that spirits can receive and reveal your truth to us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Before you go, if you're here this morning and you want someone to pray with you, maybe you can associate with where you was. That you know of Jesus, but you don't have this life-giving relationship with Him and, and you hunger for that. We would love to pray with you. maybe you haven't been filled with the holy spirit and this morning you want to say holy spirit i want to begin to tap into understanding your secrets i'm not spiritual but i want to become a spiritual person because you have made me to be so we would love to pray with you to receive the spirit of the living god maybe you've been filled with the Spirit, but it's like you've just entered into this place of dryness and it's like a well that's run dry want to pray with you again for a new infilling, a fresh infilling of the power of the living God. The Bible says we should be continually filled with the Spirit. We shouldn't be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but we must be filled with the Spirit, continually. We want to pray with you to be filled with the Spirit. Perhaps you're here this morning and you're just going through stuff and you just need someone to pray with you. We would love to pray with you for whatever it may be. So as everyone else goes out, there's coffee and tea outside. There's some eats as well. Hang around. Have some coffee and tea. But if you need prayer, we would so love to pray with you. Thank you so much for this morning. Remember, we will be here next week, the 25th of December, a little bit earlier. We start promptly at 9 o'clock. Okay, go ahead. Invite someone. Very few people are going to be upset if you invite them.